Greetings from the Murder of Grey podcast. Where we look behind the curtain of our own minds. Alright, let's have some fun. Alright, welcome back to the Murder of Grey podcast. Where we take a peek behind the curtain of our own minds to just get a better understanding of ourselves. So, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And uh, this week we're going to be going over some interesting topics for you guys. It's not really a general like question question like we've posed in the past. It's more an idea. We have a pretty heavy uh, moral dilemma going on right now where we're starting to see a, a major trend and it's been going on for a few decades now but it feels like it's picking up heavily recently with the advances in technology and whatnot and different med- medications that are available and uh, what's becoming easier or e- more easily available to the masses right um, mm-hmm. and that is the idea of biohacking I feel like we need some like like crazy 90s synth wave music. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just the theme you... from Hackers. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about Hackers. Or Sliders. What a great movie. It's another one of those that's so bad it's good. Hell, yeah. Oh, it's I a love classic. Those. Mm. those are my favorite. Mm. Primo. Primo movies back in the day. Gosh. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Hackers, check it out. It's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's relevant. Yeah, it's always going to be. Who's in there's some eh, I forgot. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so biohacking is a very interesting topic to kind of be discussing right now because it encompasses a lot. And I feel like when people first hear the term biohacking, they, they automatically go to the idea of, you know, I'm gonna make myself a robot, right? And while yes, that is a part of it, there's a few other topics that kind of go into it. There's actually um there's actually three different categories of biohacking, apparently, or allegedly. Uh, and this is based off of the information that Healthline.com actually did. They did a really nice uh, article on biohacking. So they have three different categories. They have uh, nutrigenomics, right? Um, they have DIY biology, and then they have a grinder. <laughs> So, <laughs> and it's not the dating app, right? You're not swiping right to make your biology better. Yeah, Grinder is pretty intense. And when you think about the whole idea of modifying yourself with different bits and pieces, bobs and whatever, right? Uh, that's that's Grinder, where they're installing crazy hardware on their bodies and doing all that. Uh, DIY biology is literally that. Like you're taking your own biology into your own hands. And most of the time, the people who are doing this are within the scientific field already. Uh, They do have some knowledge available to them. So then they're able to kind of do human testing on themselves and anyone that's volunteering for it. Um, And then the nutrigenomics. I don't know why I can't say that word. Uh, That one is a lot more commonplace, I would feel. And it's... One that I think that everyone is doing, even though they realize they don't realize that they're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nutrigenomics is basically taking your nutrition into factor when you're trying to better yourself, right? Whether you're on a diet or um, like lately, 
people have been adding different food or different things to their foods or their drinks to boost cognitive abilities. Um, even like I would say like an energy drink would do that as well. You're adding extra B12 into your system so that you can get better brain function and have more energy. Um, like things like guarine, taurine, all that crap. Like these are just added chemicals that you're putting into your body to boost your performance. And I feel like that's what um, nutrigenomics kind of encompasses, right? Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things I actually, this morning when I was thinking about this episode, I was making myself a shake, right? A little protein shake. And as I'm making it, I put in a little cold brew coffee because, you know, it's early in the morning and I need a little pick me up. And then I have my 50 grams of protein mixed in with all these different like mushroom crap, like reishi mushrooms and all that stuff that's supposed to be good for like immune system and cognitive abilities. And then I add in a little MCT oil on it. And then I was like, oh, I'm doing biohacking right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I just never thought about it on that level. Like bodybuilders do it on a daily basis. They're with their macros and counting everything and trying to measure it all out to like a precise science. Um, just to make sure that they get the maximum output of their own bodies. So uh, that's kind of like my experience. With that. I haven't gone, I haven't done anything else as far as just messing with my own general diet. But what's what's you your, have a robot arm? Not yet. I'm thinking about it though. But if comic books have taught me anything, you know, becoming a cyborg is not as good as it sounds, right? You start getting into that whole existential crisis where you don't know who you are anymore or, you know, you could be like cyborg, right, from the Justice League where Terminator. See, that's the more fun version, right? <laughs> where you can just walk up to someone and say, "Give me your boots and jacket," <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the best line in any fucking movie ever. But like I, yeah, Cyborg is a trip, right, from the hero stuff. And I've been on a major hero kick lately. But there's a throwaway line in one of the shows I was watching when he was talking about himself where he was questioning his own reality. And he was wondering if his thoughts were his own because the only thing that survived um, from his body, he basically died. The only thing that they were able to salvage really was his brain. But he was wondering if his thoughts were his own or were just the programming of his father. And like that was a really interesting thought process. And mm -hmm. I think that really goes into the whole idea of at what point do you, uh, when you're augmenting your body, do you realize you're no longer you, right? Like, uh, like where do you, where do you, where does that, that, that tipping stone, you know, fall into place? Where, where's that last Jenga piece? Where is that going to topple your tower, right? So, yeah. what's your experience with? biohacking or are you a fan what like what what's your thought process on it i definitely find it interesting um i think in a lot of regards to like the altering genetics all that kind of stuff it it could be used for really good things you know i think that it has a really good potential to help a lot of people if it's you know done right and everything like that but as for my actual experience, the only thing I've gotten close to is I've taken like nootropics mm -hmm. uh, in the past. I still kind of take some. Uh, I mostly nowadays it's just caffeine, L-theanine. Uh, I'm looking at a list of other ones. I've done paracetam before, but it didn't really. I didn't really notice any effects on my cognitive memory that a lot of people talk about. And I took it for like a year. Oh wow! 
Uh, obviously nicotine, which is weird that it's on here as like a, a supplement for it. But and then I, I've tried ginseng. I did. Uh, it's called Modafinil or Provigil. It's kind of like a stimulant. Uh, I was taking that for a little bit, and it it helped. It it was interesting because it really did kind of feel like a mild Adderall feeling, like that very like focused. I could get a lot of stuff done uh, without some of that like weird body feeling that when I was taking Adderall, how it felt. Mm. But I'm not on any of those anymore. But nowadays, yeah, I mostly just stay with um, theanine and caffeine. I feel like just the theanine alone really helps. It's weird. Like, I just take a little bit with my coffee, which is the best way because I think it absorbs better with caffeine Mm. or coffee. So, I mean, I've noticed a difference. My memory is a little bit better. For a while there, my short-term memory was kind of bad. And it actually helps. But... Aside from that, like I haven't gone crazy research heavy on some of it, but a lot of it's interesting. And you know, like how you're talking about the mushrooms, that's always something I've been interested in because I always see them and people like hype them up a lot. Yeah. But they're usually so expensive. I'm like, eh, I can hold off, you know? That's one of the big things too. I think about biohacking as well. Like there's, there's definitely like a gate to them, right? Like you can't, like you have to, have some disposable income to even think about changing or bettering it if you're on the side of this stuff does better your lifestyle um like you need to have that kind of disposable income attached to you in order to be able to even try these things out because most of the stuff is pretty pricey like i i remember i bought like some like i don't know it was like lion's mane coffee packets right Mm-hmm. And for like a pack of 10, it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, what the Ooh. fuck? Yeah. And I mean, they were great. And they ended up becoming our camping coffee because it was really good. And it's just like super small packets, real easy, dump them some water, good to go. It's better than having like shitty Folgers, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but it, I couldn't warrant continuing spending that on what I then considered like camping coffee. Right. It just, and I can't imagine spending $30 every 10 days because I am going to have a cup of coffee every day, right? Like, it's oh, just yeah. one of those things. Like, I have to have it. It's that's, that's my drug of choice. I need my coffee. I need my caffeine. And it's just, no, nah, that's too much. That's way too much. That's worse than smoking. I mean. Oh, yeah. So it, as far as, like, cost efficiency, right? But I don't know. It's fucking nuts. And... I I do really I it's such an interesting topic to look into but then the more I look into it the more it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many weird things out there that I I guess you could say it gives the term biohacking a bad name but I I don't know what do you think like a part of me feels like a lot of these people out there who are doing like these weird tests on themselves or like these weird augments and these weird implants. Like it feels like it's almost giving it a bad name, but it is still sparking some sort of interest. Like, is it bad for the cause or good for the cause? I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of a tough one. Like I, I feel like 
Like right now, especially like with the grinder side of it, you know, with the adding implants and all that, I think that right now it's kind of like a test, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like this is being tested in labs everywhere to perfect it. It's people trying to perfect it on their own. And like from their garage, like that's, I mean, that's the scary thing to me. I mean, it's, it's cool seeing someone so dedicated to try and try something new, you know, especially with our body. But at the same time, it's like a one, the risk. And two, what if there's someone out there who might not be as educated on some of the procedures that these people are doing to themselves and they try it and they end up really hurting themselves. Yeah. And I mean, there is that risk to it. I think that some of the ideas with implants are interesting and beneficial, especially with like some of the more like brain eye stuff that we might get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But like with the putting like implants in your hand for like using it as like password stuff or like locking, unlocking your door, like it's just, I feel like. I don't know. It, it could be dangerous in a sense. Like what if, you know, something went wrong with that? Right. Like you never know, you know, people eventually are going to learn how to hack into your data that way or, you know, God forbid something else. Like the, those, those examples are so mundane, right? Like it's like, are you really going to put a chip in your arm so that you can unlock your damn door? Like it, at what point is it like laziness versus or bettering your life right is that is that something that actually betters your life or is that just you doing it because you can right it's like a like let me just prove a point real quick right yeah but i mean like look at car doors nowadays like some of the newer cars they have it as long as you have your keys in your pocket you walk up to it the door opens yeah i bet you five years from now ten years from now every house like newer house or apartment We'll probably have that feature where you just walk up to it with your keys in your pocket and it opens. That would be nice after like a Costco haul, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Like, this is my experience. I'm sure this is everyone's experience with Costco. You go there, you get a bunch of shit, and you want to make one trip between your car and your house. <laughs> so you just load up everything you possibly can. You get to the front door and realize my keys are in my pocket and I have like, everything i have bags wrapped around in my shoulders i have bags in my hands i've got something you know like that's like, when your whole body just pushes everything against the wall yeah <laughs> and so you're just trying to dig in there and you realize it's in the other pocket this whole time and yeah. you're just like oh gosh i mean that would be nice i guess right if you just have like a little chip but at that point like i would much rather wear like a bracelet Right. Yeah. And that would register, you know, whatever it is, my nest or whatever the fuck, because I would feel like that company would be the first ones to do something like that. And, you know, then it would just like unlock the door for me and that'd be great. Cool. Everyone wins. But then again, you know, it's a lot easier to steal or lose a bracelet than it is a microchip in your brain. Yeah. So it I think it would be cool, like if there would be a chip you could put in where it tracks all of your vitals everything about you like in a sense you know like it's almost like getting like a physical done you know all the blood tests it'd be cool if like something like that was there and then say god forbid like you notice like your blood sugar is really high like it would warn you on your phone or something like that it that would be interesting and more 
useful. Well, it's I feel. funny you say that because that's actually something that is around, apparently. Tell me more. Um, so supposedly there is a chip out there that you can put into your. Basically, it's a lot of these chips get installed in <laughs> installed. I'm saying it like you're putting it <laughs> into your computer. They get implanted under your skin, and a lot of times people are putting them like in their forearms. And stuff like that. And I guess it's just mm-hmm. easier to see them, or like if you need to charge it. Supposedly, you can it's do like easier to do yourself too because right. you can see it. Right, and I guess it's just like a lot of people are doing these things to themselves, right? So, of course, you're not going to put it in your back because how are you supposed to, you know, cut into your own back? Um, <laughs> but there's a chip that supposedly has the ability to um, potentially speak to your doctor. Um, and send over hmm. all your vitals and things like that, um, even like all your blood work, um, like helping people with uh, low blood sugar or high blood sugar, right, diabetes, all that stuff. Like, it, like you'll be able, it can communicate with an app on your phone via Bluetooth um, to, you know, just send out all your vitals that way, which is kind of nuts to hmm. think about. Um I think the first person to re- install it, it was like, what's it called? The Circadia. Yeah. And that one's really simple, though. That one's just based off of, uh, I think, like Pulse, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. And that guy, so <laughs> the person who installed the Circadia, first of all, he's nuts. It's insane, right? Like, the idea behind this system is really interesting, and I can get behind it because I can see how that would be really helpful. Like, let's say the ambulance comes up and you're passed out, and I could have like all your medical information right there, all your vitals, everything like that, what you're allergic to, ease of access. Makes sense. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's a cool purpose for it. But um, for something that just registers your pulse right now, he actually cut open his forearm and implanted this chip which is pretty big it's yeah. like it's like a three by two inch chip like it's, it's a good size into his forearm and he did it all without any anesthesia Oof. so he cut himself open shoved this thing into his arm and then sewed himself back up without any anesthesia at his own home he's probably like at his dining room table and <laughs> just bored one saturday and was like i'm gonna do this today this is on my but this is on my to do list right after I do the dishes, right? Like I'm gonna go cut open my arm real quick. So it's it's pretty interesting and crazy. But those are some of the or that's one example of the more like extreme biohacking things that people are doing. Uh one of them that I do want to talk about that I feel is I guess it's it's repurposing a procedure that's already being used for cancer patients. Uh, and a lot of times cancer patients through the process of chemo, uh, apparently they lose their low light vision or it becomes. Mm. And so there's a chemical that's found, I believe it's like in the deep ocean. Uh, it's called CE6. And I don't know what that stands for. Sorry, guys. Uh, but you can do the research if you want. But I would not recommend trying to get this for yourself. If doctor recommends it for you, then you can use it. Don't do this. <laughs> but apparently this guy takes CE6 and he actually injected it into his eyeballs. <laughs> now, Chris, you've seen the picture of this guy. And yeah. it's terrifying. Um, he has shark eyes. 
right? That's exactly what it looks like. They're just pure black after injecting this stuff into his eyes. But apparently it gave him night vision where he was able to see figures walking in the woods from 150 feet away at, in just pure darkness, which is, I mean, it worked, I guess. Uh, as far as long-term effects, we don't know because he's not being studied. It's not being monitored. That's, I think that's the biggest like scare, the biggest concern about a lot of these biohacking things, especially like the grinder biohacking, is that it's not being monitored and studied and, you know, like just properly, or I guess properly by the terms of our society today, right? I wonder if it hurt. Oh God! I can only imagine putting the needle in your eye. Uh, like how? How do you, I can? I can't even put eye drops in my eyes with my eyes freaking out, <laughs> right? And like he, what the fucking he, needle? He injected this chemical, and I would have to imagine that chemical probably like burned or something, right? Oh, like there, God. there has to be something to that that just was not an enjoyable experience. And I'm, I'm curious to see if it like fucked with his vision. Or if it's going to later on, right? Like, he just has this chemical staying in his eyeballs. Like, that's, there has to be some, it can't be good for you, right? But yeah. we just don't know. And maybe it is good for him. Maybe he'll have permanent night vision, no side effects, everything's good to go. He's hunky-dory, right? And that's the next thing that we're installing into our soldiers is night vision so that we can save money on goggles or some shit. They just get injections. But <laughs> we're actually, we're making Mako soldiers, uh, Right now, where we're starting, yeah, yeah, nano machines, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of crazy, and there's just so many weird adaptations, and I don't know. I I feel like the the lack of like monitoring these these tests is what's really terrifying to me. And for most of these people, or a lot of newer biohackers, they they don't have like a scientific background. They're just seeing what they find on the internet and, oh, it worked for you. Cool. Let me just try and replicate it. But you don't know how sterile their workspace was. You don't know all those. There's so many factors to take into account. And I just the idea of knowing enough to get yourself in trouble is is difficult. And it's, that's super scary. Like just getting enough knowledge in your under your belt to just you know it, it, i don't know it it's tough i biohacking is interesting but it definitely does scare the shit out of me at the same time imagine like someone taking one of those like rfid chips or you know the like say how we were talking about like you could use it as like a way to get into a locked place mm -hmm. imagine if like this wasn't a more like bad way like say someone was going to try to access a secure place you know, and if they didn't have a card on them, they could just wave their hand, get into a secure area and mess with it. You know, like yeah. they're not supposed to be there. Like it could be used in a way of like, you know, terrorism or like like a spy or something like it's it's interesting, you know, how they do it, because I, I doubt it would show up on anything. I mean, maybe an X-ray would see it, but. Yeah, I wonder how many people already have that, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at so many different sciences and technologies, they were developed by the military first and then later on given to us, right? Like GPS yeah. was developed by the military and then not given to the masses until like 20 years after GPS was originally invented. 
So yeah. the fact that we're now starting to get biohacking as something that you can, you know, you can purchase these things and do it. Like, how long has the government been, like, fucking with this idea? <laughs> right? Like, they, they even had a whole project devoted to basically making Jedis and psychic warriors. And, like, this was a government, like, funded project. Um, if you are not aware of this project, look at there's a movie about it in a great book. It's called the The Men Who Stare at Goats. It's that George Clooney movie, mm. but that's a true oh, yeah. that's a true story that really happened. And you can look up all those reports now. They they released them all to the public, but they actually were trying to develop psychic warriors. And did they do it? Of course, the government's not going to tell you if they did, right? <laughs> so they they kind of left it where like it didn't work as a failed project, and they axed it but come on you like, bet i, I bet come you on. they're, they're there's something there. yeah there has to be some sort of ability like metahumans are out there right i mean we mm -hmm. have a new branch of military now even where it's like the space force space protection force oh, God. like the, like the, the whole it there's just too it's too bizarre to not be a thing so it's i don't know like the the government definitely has to have some sort of biohacking there where like they're trying to create their own like Captain America's. I mean, you would like even, you know, anybody with a lot of money, they could see that and be like, I want to, I want to have powers like that. I want to do something like, you know, there's like the government or really rich people have had that thought in their head. Who knows? They might've tried, you know, like find some way to get some kind of like superpower or, you know, what's stopping the government from augmentating, like, people if they're willing to do it, you know, put, like, I don't know, some kind of, like, hidden gun in their skin or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Now, uh, there's a lot of new information out there on biohacking, a lot of stuff that you can check out. There's a really great documentary on Netflix that you can watch if you want to get some more information on it. Not saying, like, get information so you can go do it. Like, if you're just curious, if you're a curious mind, we are a curious breed. There's some really cool stuff out there. But there's uh, one character, I call him a character because this guy's kind of bizarre, that keeps popping up as far as, like, biohacking goes. And he's a former NASA scientist. His name's uh, Jos Josiah Zayner. And he's done some very crazy stuff where I believe he's also the one who um, kind of set up like little biohacking kits that you can purchase. And he was setting up these chemicals for you to inject into your own body. I, I don't know what the purpose was of some of the... Oh, is it the, the CRISPR? Yeah, it was the CRISPR guy, right? Yeah, yeah he... He sets all this stuff up, but he does it in his garage. <laughs> and these are supposed to be like chemicals that you're going to be injecting in your body. And like how sterile and clean can that? That's my biggest concern is like how how safe is it? Or right, like how do you? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to it. But Josiah, he is a former NASA scientist, so he does have formal training. And then he ended up kind of diving really deeply into the world of biohacking. And a lot of the experiments that he does is for proof of concept, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of them is very strange. <laughs> so the Atlantic actually did a, a little mini documentary on him. It's very short. You can find it on YouTube. But they also wrote an article on Josiah whenever he 
they called it the grueling and grotesque biohacking experiment. Um, yeah, so that should say some very interesting things about this. So there is a... I'll go into it after. But <laughs> So what he did was he was trying to change the bacteria of his own body. And if you don't know this, uh, everyone has their own unique bacteria uh, internally and externally. It's something that you carry with you. It helps you fight off certain diseases and things like that as well. It's just how your body works. And that's why we're all so different and different things affect us differently, right? Um, mm -hmm. So he was trying to see if he can completely change out his bacteria. He wanted someone else's bacteria in him which is just a weird thing to think about, really. Um, but the way he did this was truly grueling and grotesque. I, yeah. So apparently um, he claims that he suffers from IBS and a lot of gastrointestinal um, issues, where he at one point said that he basically had to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes, like it was that bad. Oh, jeez. So um, <laughs> he found a volunteer, and <laughs> these are his words. He... He was looking for someone, you know, around the ages between uh, 20 and like 40, male, healthy, uh, hopefully good looking and in shape. Like this is the test subject that he was looking for. Um, but he was going to harvest bacteria from them. And the main source of bacteria that he harvested was their poop. <laughs> so he asked some 20 something year old for a uh, jar of poop, basically. Um, he then... Uh, easy. He, yeah, super easy. Everybody loves... Everyone's got a poop jar lying around, right? I, I mean... Don't want to leave my computer. Yeah, right? I mean, I've seen hoarders. Everyone has poop yeah, jars everywhere. I've seen piss jugs. Oh, God. No, it's horrible. You, you know, when you're on those... <laughs> oh, really... yeah, poop jugs are much better. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Just the whole concept <laughs> is so gross because I'm thinking of, like fucking like warcraft raids where people can't get away from their desk so they're just pissing in gatorade bottles <laughs> oh gosh oh, nerd culture it's great i love it <laughs> we do some stupid shit but so he takes the poop from the jar and he puts it into a pill and then uh, he continued to take the pills and some interesting things came out of this test where the external bacteria the one on his skin the one he walks around with that didn't really change that still stayed josiah but his internal bacteria became closer like almost a perfect match to the donor bacteria now for most hmm. people that might not seem like a, it's like okay cool great now his poop is the same as this guy's poop right well what's interesting about that is apparently there there's a potential for certain diseases to become cured or some behavioral activities to be cured or augmented through the idea of um, fecal transplants. And that's actually something that people do. Um, and I'm not sure if Josiah did this before those tests were going around or before that was already in practice. I'm kind of curious about that, but I, I didn't find out any information on that one. But like while their benefits can be good, he was just doing it to see if he could just change his bacteria. Um, there are some side effects that could come from this, of course. Um, if the donor did have some sort of bloodborne disease that Josiah was not aware of, or even the donor was not aware of, then, you know, he could have contracted it 
So like he could have gotten hepatitis without even knowing it um, if the donor didn't know that they had it or didn't tell him. So there are a lot of risks. And that's another one of the big things about biohacking is you have to be willing to take those risks to do this. And I'm good. I, I don't think I could do that. No, thank you. No, thank you. But I don't know. It's it's interesting that he was able to kind of prove that concept. And it's just another way that this whole like grinder biohacking, like completely changing you as a person is kind of like fleshing out. It's 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 a lot, but it is interesting. I was uh, reading an article this morning and I think I guess it just came out but uh Bezos, you know, Amazon guy. Uh, I think I guess, I've heard of him. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> right? That that bald guy. Um Lex I Luther? guess he's no, <laughs> uh like funding there's this thing called Atlos or Altos Labs. Mm. And they've been behind they've been behind like anti-aging, mm. basically. And I guess a lot more and more like these richer people are starting to get into this and it's possibly a new emerging uh, technology or what they're doing. I mean, it probably will take decades before this stuff will actually be working, you know, Mm. but they're like offering salaries to people of like 1 million a year if they can help and all this kind of stuff. Like it's, they seem like they might be able to find that elixir of life, I guess you could say. That's but, interesting. I mean, it's it's crazy what people are doing uh, in many ways to alter our bodies, you know, either it preventing disease or, you know, anti-aging, anything like that. I mean, even like boosting, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just it's it's crazy how, you know, just back in the old days when you watch sci-fi and you saw all these like crazy things people were able to do to themselves or to enhance life. And now we're kind of, or in that beginning stage and it's, it's fascinating really. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is actually, it's even funny. if it is kind of gross. Yeah. Some of it is pretty nasty, but it's funny you bring up sci-fi because all right, let's, here we go. Conspiracy theory time. Beep, beep, beep. Conspiracy watch, get your tinfoil hat. I'm going to make up a conspiracy theory right here, right now. You ready? Oh, boy. This is how they're birthed. This is by reading too much half-truths. <laughs> and that's when you start getting these weird ideas. <laughs> but what if, because a lot of the things that we saw like in Star Trek or, you know, 70s, 80s sci-fi, we see it now, right? A lot of the technologies, as far as like cell phones, communicators, uh, touchscreens, all that stuff, they were originally in like old sci-fi films, or even the idea of like food in pill form, right? Like we have food mm-hmm. substitutes that now kind of exist. It's not exactly the same as they described it, but we have a form of that now. So, what if the government or whoever decided to make sci-fi films and comics? about mutants and metahumans and powers and abilities, stuff like that, to prepare us for the idea of being able to do that in the future. It's funny you bring that up, because I remember thinking that one time. I mean, I might have been really stoned teenager at one point, but I thought that... <laughs> That's when all the know, best thoughts come out. <laughs> that, right? But it, I used to think that, because, I mean, look at, like 
like Star Wars, anything like that, like any of these kind of ideas, it's like, you know, I mean, if you really want to go back to like UFO sightings and stuff, you could say like, oh, this is, you know, this is what the future is going to be. And I mean, it makes sense. And I could really see that argument, like what we see in movies or what we're going to see in the future, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, a lot of things from those movies are happening. I mean, granted, what if someone watched that movie from the 80s and now that the technology is here, people can finally do it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that too. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of that as well, where it's now that as a child, they grew up watching things like, you know, like Logan's Run, right? And then Mm -hmm. they decided, oh, we can now grow organs in a jar for a transplant, right? And that's something we can do. That's as far as like cloning goes. And that's the whole premise of cloning. It wasn't to clone an entire body. It was to ensure that we're able to like get kidneys or things like that for people who need them, you know, and like that's a thing now. Of course, Logan's run took it to an extreme where they cloned an entire human. You won the lottery and then they killed you and harvested the organ for, you know, your human counterpart. But it's that's like how to inspire some sort of technology that is now being used today, right? So how much of mm-hmm. it is inspiration from those sci-fi shows and how much of it is preparation from those sci-fi shows? I think that's the key. I want to be a Jedi. <laughs> we can do it. Just stare at goats all day. You'll be able to. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I can find a goat. I'll find a goat. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just go to the zoo or something. Yeah. And go to a farm, drive a little bit out and just sit there. Yeah. Actually, it's funny that you bring up the whole, uh, you know, teenage donor thoughts. I remember at one point, and I must have just been high out of my mind, but I like made the connection between Superman and Jesus. (laughs) Like, I made like a weird connection between the two where like, Jesus was the first like comic book superhero written about. (laughs) Oh my god. Because at the time, like, think about it, like, Superman was made up during like the Great Depression and like the uh, industrial the Industrial Revolution, right? Like people needed hope. He's the man of steel, like, right? Like kind of boost America, all that. Like they needed that hero at that time. And he's Mm -hmm. become an icon of all of that. Right. And, you know, growing up or living in Metropolis, going from a a poor farm. Right. So like the whole idea of innovation, growth, blah, blah. Right. Success. Yeah. The American dream, as it were, be right. And then like if you look back at Jesus, like he there's a lot of like famine and a lot of like uh, just hardships and you know, like class war kind of stuff, right? Like, so like Jesus was a man of the people. He made sure everyone had what to eat and like taught people how to, you know, do the right thing and steered people morally correct, right? During a time of like potential lawlessness and whatnot. So yeah, uh, Jesus is a comic book hero. He's the first superhero. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) That was my weird like tangent high thought at one point. I mean, when you put it like that, it, I can see the connection. Yeah. That was when I used to get stoned in the backyard by myself and <laughs> just stare out in the clouds and be like, oh, maybe Jesus is a superhero, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. <No. laughs> so, 
Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things for biohacking. They, like, uh, there's even the whole idea of developing a extra sense where people are, you know, in uh, implanting magnets into their fingers, and now they can feel um, like electrical fields, right? Like, it, which is kind of cool. I could feel, I can see how that would be really useful for like an electrician, because apparently mm-hmm. they can tell whenever a wire is live or dead which is kind of oh. nice to think about. That would be good to have. So, yeah. <laughs> so, But I don't know. There's so many weird things, and so many of these concepts seem to be just to prove a point to say that they did it because they can do it, not because it's needed. So, I don't know. Yeah. Imagine you have one of those, you have a magnet in your, like, fingertip, and then there's like a huge magnet and you actually get stuck to it. Oh, like my how, God. Is that going to hurt? Oh, my gosh. You know? That has to be horrible. Magnets are terrifying, too. It just rips it out of your skin. Oh, my God. Get a strong enough magnet, totally would. Or get, like, uh, get repelled by a super strong magnet. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's some scary. I shit. was one of the fly. Yeah, right. Hey, that's one way to fly. You can be like one of those like little like weird, uh, you know, like the like the desk toys or whatever, like a paperweight where it's like that floating mm-hmm. thing, <laughs> like the floating. Oh di- no! He <laughs> <laughs> can become a permanent floating disc thing. It'd be cool. You just put a that's magnet. That's how you learn to fly. Oh, that's how they did it. Mess with the magnetic poles on the planet. Mm, that has no bad outcomes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so whether you're into it or not, it, you biohacking is an interesting topic. It's one of those that is going to continue to be in the media. It's going to continue to stir up a lot of conversation and a lot of debates as to what is okay. And there's a lot of uh, controversy and conversations going on right now, whether it's legal or not, or if it's breaking some sort of, you know, um, basic human rights laws or uh, things like that. Like there's there's a lot going on. And a lot of these people are trying to fight back where it's, you know, their body, their choice. They're able to do what they want with themselves. Uh, And yeah, sure. Like that's I, I get it. But when you're putting yourself in harm, we tend to try and stop that. Right. So it's tough and like i said whether you're injured or not that's on you you do you you know fly your own flag and do whatever the hell you want but (laughs) but it definitely is an interesting topic to think about um if you guys have any interesting biohack stories or weird experiments that you've heard of that you want to send our way that we can check out please do and you can reach out to us uh on the socials we are mainly active on instagram and that is at murder of gray uh you can just find us there for any updates on the show and all that fun stuff so be sure to send us a little follow there and uh real quick uh let me just do some housekeeping before we head out uh be sure to please leave us a rating, a five-star rating and review on your uh, podcast listener of choice. Apple Podcast is always the best one. That one um, seems, gets the biggest hits. It's where most people listen to their podcasts. So that really, really does help us out in the long run as far as growth. And if you have a show out there that you are listening to that you have not reviewed yet, even if it's not ours, please be sure to do so. Do so. <laughs> Uh, share the love out there. Uh, but yeah. 
So thank you guys for listening this week. We hope you enjoy this little conversation on uh, biohacking. And uh, join us again next week where we might dive a little deeper into some uh, mental capacity thinking, maybe some conversations on uh, AI. I don't know. We'll Ooh. Ooh, a little sneak peek there. But yeah, so join us next week. And with that, thank you very much. Uh, bye. Later.